This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to What's the Score, a series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida small business and entrepreneurs, donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. And now, here's Christopher Hart, Rich Jekyll, and Lucy Valido. Hello again, and welcome to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And once again, even though we are at they are at remote locations, I should say, zooming in. We do have the winning combination for you again here today because from SCORE, we have the award-winning volunteers, the only award-winning volunteers, and that, of course, would be Lucy Polito. Lucy, how you doing? I'm just zooming in. I'm feeling great. How are you? <laughs> doing pretty good. And then, of course, Rich Jekyll of SCORE. Hello, Christopher. Don't break her heart. Aha, that's right. I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries radio show. But, of course, this show is all about SCORE and businesses and your business and what SCORE has to offer in terms of helping your business succeed. And, of course, in these times, everybody needs all the help they can get. So uh, stick around and uh, check check everything out that we got going on. And don't forget, we'd love for you to go to the SCORE website. That's orlando.score.org and sign up for the newsletter because you get a lot of great information via that as well. So that's orlando.score.org. And when we talk about events like we'll be talking about today, uh, you'll want to go to that website to register for these events. And if you sign up for that newsletter, you might even know about the event before we do. Okay, so that's orlando.score.org. And, of course, Lucy and Rich are still working hard, even though you're working hard from your house. Right, Lucy? I want to tell you something. I'm working harder now than I work when I go to the office. This is not a good system. Her nose is growing again. What's that, Rich? Her nose is growing again. (laughs) No, I think she's right. I think people are finding out working from home, eh? you know, as sweet as they thought it was. Right, Right, Lucy? I, for one, thought, boy, boy, working from home, that would be kind of neat. But not, of course, you know, the worst thing is the boss is um, close to me. <laughs> He's next door. And that doesn't work very well. Oh, that's right. About, I, know, I now know why Rich moved out of here. And I may <laughs> come and follow him because this is not convenient. Oh, the key right. to that whole thing is don't go home. <laughs> well, that's just <laughs> it. You see, that's that's the quirk of all of this. You know, when you're at an office and it just gets to be too much, you can leave the office. But when it gets to be too much at the house, where do you go? Yeah, especially now while we are in quarantine, where the heck do you go? That's right. But the pressure is still there, and that's why SCORE is still there to help you. And that's why the SCORE volunteers, like Lucy, are working harder than ever because they're there to help you succeed no matter the circumstances that you're facing out there, Uh, whether it's a problem of your own creation or a problem that was dumped on you like this one. So... Please do take advantage of the volunteers at SCORE. Now, you can call them on the phone, and what you'll do is, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Rich or Lucy, when when they call, they leave a message, and then you call right back, right? Actually, there's a little process that you go through. Okay. You call, and they send you to the website to fill out what's called an MRE, which is a request for counseling, and then they submit that. That goes to our counselors on duty. And then those counselors on duty will phone up at home, phone their home, and talk to them or whatever they need. Okay. So for now, you can just go straight to the website. That's orlando.score.org to accomplish this. But just for your information, because this is, I like to think of, there are certain phone numbers you need to keep, you know, real handy, like on the side of the refrigerator or something. And SCORE should be one. If you're in business for yourself, Uh, or perhaps you're in sales, SCORE should be on the top of your list of important phone calls. So it's 407-420-4844, and eventually the office will reopen at some point, right, Rich? Isn't that the plan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I keep the important phone messages and stuff on my fridge from Budweiser Distillery. (laughs) That figures. All right, but for SCORE, it's 420-4844. And SCORE, of course, has offices all around the country. And don't you know that the volunteers are busy everywhere, Lucy, right? Yes, they are. We are open nationwide, so we are ready to help. 
And 390 offices. Nationwide, all 50 states, you can go to score.org, that's score.org, to find a list of those offices and locations. If you have friend or family in other parts of the country and perhaps they're stressing out over what's going on or they need some particular bit of help, especially with these uh, SBA loans and things, because SCORE works very closely with the SBA, then uh, you can advise them on where they can go to get that help. And once again, when they come in for advice, Rich, how much does it cost again? Man, you're not going to make me say it again. The big F word? Oh, yeah? It's free. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, oh, yeah. (laughs) That's right. The mentorship, when you speak with these SCORE volunteers, when they hear you out and help you, there is no charge for that, ladies and gentlemen. And there is no bigger bargain in the world than you're ever going to get with that because these people come from all walks of life and all levels of success and they're there with their expertise and experience to offer it on to you. Right, Lucy? I mean, you're, that's what you're that, doing all you know, the time. <clears throat> that is the main point. Uh, people need to realize that we have uh, counselors all over the country with all kinds of expertise. So if locally we don't have the expert for that particular subject matter, we have a way of contacting somebody at SCORE that will be able to help you nationwide. And, you know, locally, we have 60, approximately 60 SCORE counselors, and I have to tell you that if you put us all together and you came to see us, it would cost you a fortune if we charged, <laughs> because certainly rich is expensive, and I'm very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And, you know, speaking Thank you, of... Lucy, for your support. <laughs> speaking of bringing in outside volunteers, in addition to the excellent mentorship program that we were just speaking about, SCORE also offers up a great educational series. And right now, of course, they're doing these things virtually and via videos. You can access these things at orlando.score.org. And they're continuing with the coffee and now the lunch with a leader series. And that brings us to today's guest, because she's an outside expert, you might say, that SCORE brings in to educate people in particular times like this when there are particular uh, questions that need to be answered. And she is an attorney, and she will be doing the Lunch with a Leader presentation via Zoom on June the 2nd. We'll tell you more about it, but you can sign up at orlandos.score.org. So I'd like to to welcome to the show today Mary Kogut-Lowell. Mary, thanks for being on the show with us today. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And I have to say... um, since you were talking about SCORE, I just have to say this. I'm probably the biggest fan of SCORE ever because we work, um, we try to address the legal needs of our business clients, but so many of them don't have, you know, are, if they don't have the business support, they're less likely to be uh, successful in their business. And I've seen the support that SCORE gives to business. And so I'm here to say thank you, because I think that I've seen you do a a lot of good for people that we've worked with. And uh, SCORE is an incredible resource for the business community. Okay. I must have been your counselor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, By the way, your organization is, you're with the Florida Community Legal Services of Central Florida. Did I get that right? Community Legal Services of Mid-Florida. Of Mid-Florida. <laughs> okay, of Mid-Florida. And by the way, if you'd like to access the website while we're discussing things with Mary today, and of course at any time, go to, and you just use the initials for Community Legal Services of Mid-Florida, that's clsmf.org, clsmf.org. We're going to work our way up to that, though, Mary, but first we like to find out a little bit about our guests themselves. So please tell us a little bit about yourself. For instance, are you from Orlando? Where did you go to school? That sort of thing. Okay. Well, I've lived in Central Florida since 1995. Originally, I'm from the state of, the great state of Michigan. Um, and I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree from the University of Michigan. I went to law school at Wayne State University in Detroit, and I have my MBA from the University of Florida in Gainesville. I've lived in Florida since the um, 80s, and I've been practicing law since the 80s. Um, Basically, I've, I've done a lot of things. I've been in small, medium, and large private law firms. I was the in-house counsel at a major airline, 
And uh, in the uh, past decade or so, I've been uh, switched into more public interest work. So I worked at the Florida Department of Children and Families. Um, and I worked for a, for a while for a state certified domestic violence center. And most recently, I worked for Community Legal Services of Mid-Florida, which again, um, as the name suggests, we serve uh, several Florida counties. I, I always, I'm afraid I say the number wrong. I think it's 12 Central Florida um, counties. Okay. All and right. with, within Community Legal Services, I work in the Community Economic Development Unit. Okay. All right. Uh, did, it sounds like you had law always is your focus in life. Was this a dream as a child? Is you come from a family of lawyers? Well, actually I come, my dad was a physician and I kind of struggled between, you know, do I, I, I didn't know whether I was going to go to medical school or, or law school, but I, I ended up going to um, law school. I think I would have been happy in medical school too, but I also have, you know, a a background in languages. And I think that as, as a, as a lawyer, of course, language and communication is a major tool. And, uh, and so I went into law and I, I, yeah, I've always, I've had for a long time an affinity for law and business, which is again, why I went to uh, get my MBA. Now, many lawyers are as well business people, they're professional business people, but you know, they have to run their own office and that sort of thing. Uh, Sounds like you're working with an organization now. Was that always a situation? No, I have. Um, I started out working in Miami for a very, very large law firm. Mm-hmm. So I was an associate in a law firm, and and then from there I worked. I went to work for a major airline. I was the in-house. I was in-house counsel on the airline. Uh, in, and then after that, I I have had my own law firms. I have started and and uh, practiced law with um, colleagues in the private practice of law, which was primarily business law and commercial litigation. Okay. And so I've had the experience of building my own, you know, my own business and operating it, which, uh, so that's why I can, I can see where people are coming from when they come to SPOR and when they come to us and somebody says, you know, I have this dream, I have this great business idea. Well, I, I know where you're coming from because I've been there too. Okay. All right. Uh, We're going to have to take a break right now, but when we come back, uh, we're going to pick up the conversation with Mary Kogut Lowell. And as you just heard, she is an attorney. Right now, she's with Community Legal Services of Mid-Florida. That website, clsmf.org. That's clsmf.org. And uh, also, while you're you're at it, please sign up for the newsletter at the SCORE website, orlando.score.org. And Mary, as I said, is doing the Lunch with a Leader presentation on June the 2nd, and you'll need to sign up for that at orlando.score.org, and it will be a Zoom presentation, okay? So don't miss out on that. I'm sure it's going to be a very interesting one, and we'll get a little bit of a flavor of what she'll be discussing on June the 2nd today. So please stick around for a whole lot more of What's the Score? Okay, welcome back to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And we got the winning combination for you again here today, starting with the two award-winning volunteers from SCORE, Lucy Polito and Rich Jekyll, and myself, Christopher Hart, and our guest today, Mary Kogut Lowell, attorney at law, uh, presently with Community Legal Services of Mid-Florida, that's clsmf.org. And you were just telling us uh, that you had had some practices of your own, but now you're with Community Legal Services. How did that come about? Well, it really came about, um, I don't know, over the years, I think I've been drawn more to public interest work. And so Community Legal Services is is a legal aid organization. And one reason why I'm really excited about our Community Economic Development development unit is, you know, people don't think of legal aid organizations really for business, for uh, legal assistance for businesses. So this is something that's kind of new for legal aid organizations. And 
at Community Legal Services, we've partnered with, uh, I think, five other legal aid organizations in the state of Florida, and we participate in something called the Florida Community Development Legal Project. And this is a really exciting project that I'm so proud to be uh, a part of. So, uh, I'm sorry, what did all, you call it? What was it again? Florida what? It's Florida Community Development Legal Project. Okay. And, and by the way, real quick, let, let me give this out for starters for right now. There is a website, and it's flcommunitydevelopment.org. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay, yes. flcommunitydevelopment.org. So please continue. Okay, so this, these, this program, so we have, as I said, six um, legal aid organizations around the state of Florida. And this project is funded primarily by a grant from the Florida Bar Foundation. And currently around the state, we have a team of 11 attorneys um, and three legal assistants. So, you know, as you were mentioning in, at SCORE, how you have uh, resources available nationally, here within the state of Florida, even though I work for Community Legal Services of Mid-Florida and my primary focus will be, is on Mid-Florida. However, in this project, we, I may work on something from Miami or Tallahassee or Jacksonville. So we serve clients um, all over the state of Florida. And, and within um, community legal services itself, I want to talk a minute just about our team. Um, there's, I, I'm one of the attorneys. Uh, we have two other attorneys that I'm very proud to work with who are really great attorneys, Darlene Bell Alexander, um, as well as Alicia Magazu, uh, and we have an assistant, a legal assistant, Jackie Villaboa. So we're the four community legal services, but we collaborate with this statewide project. So let me tell you what we do, because the thing, you know, you said the F word previously. I'm going to talk, I'm going to throw out I the F word. I didn't say the F word. Okay. Yeah, you did. I'm going <laughs> to, F word. All right, I'm going to throw out the F word free. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> that F word, uh, you know, I want to talk about that too, because even though I work for a, um, a legal aid organization, you know, let me tell you the kind of clients that we are able to assist. This is so, and I'd like your, your listeners to know about this. So we can assist small businesses that serve low to moderate income communities. We also assist nonprofits who are engaged in community development activities and affordable housing. So let me talk a little bit about the requirements. So first, in terms of small businesses, we, and we can assist small business owners, and this could be a business to be formed or a business that's already formed. Um, to be eligible for our services, the owners, it could be one owner, but if, the, if there's more than one owner, all the individual owners need to apply. Um, somehow that business must serve low to moderate income neighborhoods. You know, and there's there's a lot of ways we can, you know, that that can happen. And each owner's income cannot exceed a 140% of area medium income of the county in which the owner resides. Now, what is 140% of area median income? By the way, it used to be 120%. And with this grant year, it went up to 140%. So when we talk about 140% of area median income, we're looking at area median incomes um, as published or, or by HUD on its website, okay. House, the Department of Housing and Urban Development. All right. And yeah. to give you an an idea, uh, I'll give you an idea. Um, you know, 120 per, uh, uh, area median income in uh, Lake Orange, Osceola, and Seminole is 68,000 for a family of uh, four, and so if you take 140 percent of that. That's ninety five thousand three hundred forty. So as long as the owners not making more than that, business, they'll be okay mm -hmm. with uh, your services then. But but you're I'm, I'm, real quick, Lucy. I'll let, get back to your question. So you're saying if they qualify, and you just drew you know some of the qualifications for us, they would get the services free. Is that what I heard you to say? Absolutely. We okay. can Provide the services free. Okay, Lucy, you had a question. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the amount that you mentioned, was that, for instance, if you have a, a two people, husband and wife, who have a business, that amount is combined for both? Correct. Or? 
yeah, because the the and it you know and HUD has this published on their website. The num what they publish and is um, this is for a family of four, ninety five thousand three hundred forty. So that's for the whole family, and the number is different depending on how many people are in the family. So if it's you know so. Um, your listeners, you know, they don't have to determine that. If they come to us right. to inquire about services, we'll look that up for them yeah. and tell them whether they are financially eligible. Okay, and just okay. be aware that there are these qualifiers that you need to meet. But if you do meet them, you get excellent legal services for free. Now, let me ask you about some of the – are you are you talking about legal services from the very – because you said this could be a prospective business or an existing business. So would this be to set up a corporation to get licenses and all of those things? All of those things, all of those things. And I'll just mention a a couple of other things. Owners must be citizens or legal residents. That's a requirement of of our grant. But the owners do not, they don't have to reside in central Florida, but as long as the owners reside anywhere in Florida, like we have some people who maybe reside in a different part of the state, maybe they're doing a business in central Florida doesn't really matter as long as they're central Florida residents. But yes, as long as they meet the requirements, we are able to ex- uh, help from the ground up. So from so, um, helping to select, and, and this is a little overlap of what SCORE does, because I know, I think at SCORE, you talk to folks too about this. But people who may come to us with questions about, you know, what's, you know, th- th- you know, you know they want to talk about S corporation sure. or, or they want to, or LLC. Um, we can help them form it. Or if it's already been formed, we can do things like if you have a corporation, do you have bylaws? Um, you know, um, so any kind of, you know, formation documents, plus any kind of, you know, any kind of issue, it, it, legal issue that may arise. And of course, it's fact specific because every business is different. Rich, this would save somebody a tremendous amount of money if they could qualify for this, wouldn't it? Yeah, man, uh, That that's uh really interesting i didn't know that and uh, especially like the legal documents like um articles of of uh what do you call it articles of incorporation no 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 articles of organization no keep guessing (laughs) articles of uh when you dissolve dissolution articles of dissolution yes i get so many questions on that and it's very difficult to formulate, you know, a really good one that'll hold up and that covers all the bases. I'm glad to hear that you guys are doing that. Yeah, we go from beginning to end. So that's from formation to dissolution and anything right. that comes in between. And let me clarify one thing too, that, uh, you know, that um, is important. Now I taught those, the, the income qualifications or financial eligibility is, that I mentioned was strictly for for-profit businesses. If it's a nonprofit, there are no financial, there are no financial uh, qualifications. What Criteria? we do, it has to be the, to, the other qualification, to, though. Correct. The the community yes. ser- has to serve that community. Yes, it has to be engaged. The the nonprofit must be engaged in community development or affordable housing activities, benefiting low to moderate income neighborhoods. And you know, to, in practice, that covers just about. I mean, when you come, I mean, right that down could be to pretty it, pretty broad. Yeah, actually. Who determines that, Mary? Well, um, we make a determination internally. The way it works is, let's say somebody wants to apply for legal services. Um, that person will contact us. We will, and, and our legal assistant takes um, is an expert at taking down all the information that that the person provides, and we will talk internally about that and and um, make a decision whether we feel that we can accept the client. The vast majority of, I mean, it's very, very rare that we don't, but what the other step, so that's step one, we decide at community legal services, we're willing to work with that person or, um, and then the next step is, so we do that once a week. You know, we talk about n- new incoming clients. Does this person, um, qualify and are, you know, does this look like something that we are willing to accept? The second step is because we're part of this statewide project, every week we have a meeting and we talk about new cases. And sometimes, not so much with nonprofits, there have been, and 
we've had a few for-profit businesses that we were kind of on the edge. Can we, we'd like to accept it because personally, I hate to turn anybody down. I like to help them if we can. That's what SCORE um, does, yeah. Yeah, we really try to do that. So we, you know, if there's something that's on the edge, we'll throw it out during our discussion, our weekly discussion with all the statewide members. And actually the lead agency is Legal Services of Greater Miami. And and if we, you know, if ultimately they kind of tell us now we we don't think we can quite stretch it for that one. You know what I mean? Okay. So but the vast majority of times uh, times we are able to help people. And I will mention, for example, recently there was someone who came to us that I really, really wanted to help in a for-profit business. She qualified financially, but we were having a problem finding some sort of a benefit or connection, how, how that business would particularly and you know uh, uh, serve low to middle income communities. And, and that was one of the few ones that we turned away. But one of the good things was I was, uh, we were able to place that uh, that particular person with a pro bono attorney outside of our firm. Okay. So we found someone who actually could help. Because I really, uh, when I see a prospective business owner, I, I really want to see them have that legal assistance um, because it makes a okay. difference. And it doesn't hurt to ask, right? So Absolutely. Go, okay, you can go to clsmf.org. And you can uh, start signing up right there. In the meantime, we're going to take a break. But don't forget, also, via Zoom, you can meet and and talk with Mary because she's going to be doing the Lunch with a Leader presentation on June the 2nd. And that will be, and it will be lunchtime, and it will be via Zoom. You sign up at orlando.score.org. And we'll come back and with more of What's the Score with Mary Kogut Lowell after this short break. So don't forget, sign up for the Lunch with a Leader presentation June the 2nd at Orlando.score.org. Okay, we're back. We're uh, What's the Score? I am Christopher Hart, along with two SCORE volunteers, the award-winning SCORE volunteers, Rich Jekyll and Lucy Polito. Our guest today, Mary Kogut Lowell, attorney at law, presently with Community Legal Services of Mid-Florida, the website clsmf.org, a great organization. And if you think you're even close to qualifying, you need to ask because this is a great service. And if you do qualify for their services, they are free to you. You heard some of the qualifications that we discussed in the last segment. But as I said, Mary's going to be doing the Lunch with a Leader presentation on June the 2nd. And before we get to uh, that, I want to ask you, though, because you, you have you teamed up with how does the Florida Community Development uh, Legal Services come in? In terms of what the, the lunch, you know, the, the lunch with the leader presentation, because is that what you mean? Well, no, I mean, how, how is what is the, your relationship with them? And tell us a little bit right. about them, Florida Legal okay. Development. Okay, this it's a project. This is a statewide project. So it's not really it's not an organization. Okay, it's a project. Florida Community Development Legal Project. So we have six different legal aid organizations in the state of Florida. And, um, you know, everywhere from Legal Services of Greater Miami, uh, Legal Aid of Broward County, uh, we, we have uh, Jacksonville Legal Aid, um, in Tallahassee, we have North, North Florida. So these are, it's a project. Is we this, are collaborating agencies. Was this project started by the Florida Bar as part of what they're trying to do here? In other words, this sort of their, their goal type thing? Um, yeah, I think I, I wasn't involved in the uh, uh, the exact origins, but my understanding was a couple of years ago, um, I think there was a discussion from a couple of leaders of the uh, of the original participating agencies where the different legal aid agencies came together and, and, and said, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could do something to help businesses? And then they talked to the Florida um, Bar Legal Foundation and ended up getting funding through the legal um, legal foundation because you know I would also mention one of the focuses besides you know uh, you know I've talked about businesses we serve uh, not for-profit businesses and non-profits one particular class of nonprofit uh, clients that we work with are nonprofit affordable housing developers and I think that was 
the, the specific expertise of, of um, one of our colleagues in Miami. She's very well known in that area. And I think she helped promote this as a way of addressing a couple of acute problems within the state of Florida. One would be um, lower stagnant wages. So let's say, you know, people have a good idea for a business, you know, what can we do to help them do that? And it, with the intertwined problem of a lack of affordable housing. So the better businesses are, the more support businesses are, the it'll ultimately support the entire community. And that's sort of how it worked. So the funding came primarily from the Florida Bar. The agencies got together. It's grown over the last couple of years. So now there are six participating agencies statewide. And so we're not members of the same firm. If you, um, if I'm, if I'm assisting you, you actually, um, uh, you are going to be a client of Community Legal Services of Mid Florida. But in all, in our retainer agreement and the retainer agreements of the other participating agencies, we have something in there that says, as part of our rep uh, representation, you know, the client authorizes us to talk with these, you know. Um, uh, other agencies um, who may assist us. So let's say you're a client of community legal services, and let's say you have some kind of expertise that maybe one of my colleagues in another agency uh, may be able to help with. You're a CLSMF client, but I may bring in somebody from, you know, Broward Legal Aid or Legal Services of Greater Miami who will also assist you. So that's kind of how it works. So you're, you'll, you'll be, the, the, the clients are a client of one agency, but you, we're able to collaborate with the other participating legal uh, service agencies in providing services because I see. some things are rather, you know, uh, some things are rather common questions. And then we get some off the wall, crazy questions, you know, so we're able to collaborate with our uh, other participating agencies. All right. And that is the Florida Community Development Legal Project. If you'd like to find out more about it, go to flcommunitydevelopment.org, flcommunitydevelopment.org. Now, essentially, that's the same thing as SCORE does. When we run into a question like that, we contact one of the other 390 offices, same way, same way. Yeah. yeah. And it works. Right. It does work because I think that it gives us access to a lot of expertise. Uh, and, and it has proved to be useful in multiple cases for us. Okay. Well, right, tell us a little bit about what you're going to be talking about at the Lunch with a Leader presentation on June the okay. 2nd. Which, by the okay. way, once again, folks, you can sign up at Orlando.score.org. Mary. All right. So we like to, we're going to be talking about um, starting off your business with a strong legal foundation. So let me talk through the, there are about seven different topics I'd like to talk about. We have, we're going to have only an hour. So some of these are not going to have a whole lot of time, but they consist of the following. Number one, Florida business, you know, entities, or we're going to talk about the structure of your business. I want an open, I want to open a business. Okay. Okay. You want to open a business. Have you thought about, is it going to be a sole proprietorship? Is it going to be a corporation? Is it going to be an LLC? You know, do you want to, or, or maybe, maybe you come and you want to be able to apply for grants and things like that. If, you know, maybe you want to have a, a nonprofit. So we're going to talk about all different kinds of, of the way you could formulate um, a company and any specific questions people may have. And many times, you know, we tell them, you know, this again, um, I like to see people confer with SCORE because I think, one of the things I've heard a SCORE mentor say, which is exactly, you know, one of my questions too, is do you have a business plan? Right? You know, because- Oh, that's you, a big you, one you, with Rich. <laughs> it's, yeah. a big, it's a big one with all of us. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a big one. And so that's why if, you know, if they have, if they're not sure about how to run the business that, you know, so you have to look at what, what is the basic structure of the business going to be? Then once we figure out what is the basic structure, we're going to talk about, so topic two is, filing and document requirements for a for-profit business. So we're going to go through everything from, for a sole proprietorship, you don't have to file anything with the state, you know, if you're going to be operating under your own legal name. 
if you want to if you want to operate with a different name you might have to we'll talk to you about a filing for a fictitious name so to give you an example say i'm a hair say i decide i want to be a hairdresser and i'm i'm doing business as mary Cogut law fine you know i could be i can do that as a sole proprietor if i want to say you know mary's magic hairdos you know or you know some fancy name like that i'm going to have to register a fictitious name so we talk about that we talk about if you want to form a for-profit corporation, what do you need to do? You're going to need to file articles of incorporation with the Florida uh, uh, Secretary of State's office. One of the first things you should, you know, we talk about what you, what should you do first. You might want to check. You can do that on the Secretary of State's website. Has that name been taken already? You know, so, you know, is Mary's hairdresser is already, you know, let's say I want to incorporate. Is Mary's hairdressing service Inc. already formed? Then I'm going to have to you know think of a different name and you also may want to we may tell them you may want to check uh federal trademark registration see if somebody has registered the name so we look and so okay i've got my name i want to form a corporation so we can help people who want us to help them you know we can draft articles of incorporation and we tell them about the filing fee so so that's what they're going to do they're going to they're going to form that corporation and then once that corporation is formed, you know, we, there are additional things that we can do. For example, it's good to have bylaws. Bylaws. That's not a requirement of, of the law. You don't legally have to have bylaws. You do have to have articles of incorporation that you file with the state. But you really should have bylaws because bylaws set forth sort of your internal document. How are you going to operate? How are you going to bring in? What if you want to bring in new, you know, new owners? How, what is that going to look like? You know, so bylaws. So we we recommend that people have their, um, you know, we will help people with their bylaws. Okay. We talk about, uh, and then the third thing. So we're talking about filing and document requirements. Then the third thing we talk about, and this we'll be talking about in the uh, lunch and learn. We talk about different kinds of business agreements that you might. Uh, and you might encounter in your business leases, commercial leases. That's a big deal. Or it could, or it could be any. I mean, it really could be anything. It could be I'm a business and I need a non-compete agreement, or um, I have, um, you know, I I want someone to sign a, a release and covenant not to sue. So all kinds of agreements. We we talk, you know, those are things that we we're going to talk about in the lunch and learn. Okay. We're going to go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, another one, intellectual property. So we're going to talk about what is intellectual property, copyrights, patents, trademarks. In some businesses, these, you know, intellectual, um, intangible property may be the most valuable thing of a business, depending on what the business is. Well, so sure. We just talk about what, what they are. Especially then in this day talk- of a lot of social media, using a lot of social media, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So then next topic for-profit versus non-profit businesses. What's, there's a little difference in running. Running a, non, a non-profit is a little bit different from running a for-profit because in a for-profit business, under Florida law, you only need one director. In a non-profit, Florida law requires three directors. So if you want to form a non-profit, you've got to think of at least three people who are going to serve on the, on the board of directors. And what's different is you know, with a for-profit business, that's my baby. I can pretty much do what I want with it. Right. But, but if I want to run a nonprofit, and especially if I want to apply for tax-exempt status, I've got to make sure that I'm going to be conducting an activity that qualifies for tax-exempt status. Okay. And that you've got to have a board of directors. So I don't have as much control because it's a nonprofit. Okay. Okay. Tell and, you what, Mary. Let's let's hold it right there because the clock is running out on me. We need to take an, another break. But as Mary said, these are the topics she's going to be discussing at that lunch with a leader presentation on June the second. We'll pick pick it up and let her finish off on the topics when we come back. That's lunch with a leader on June the second. You can sign up for this, and this one is free because it's what is it again, Rich? B Y O L. Bring your own lunch. That's right. Bring your own lunch. (laughs) All right. It will be a Zoom event. You bring your own lunch, and uh, if you choose, and uh, and that is going to be June the second. 
and you sign up at orlando.score.org. And as you hear, there is a wealth of information about all of these legal things pertaining to yours and everyone's business. So get in the business of knowing what it's all about by going to this lunch with or attending this lunch with a leader presentation via Zoom on June the 2nd. Okay? And once again, her website is at the Community Legal Services of Mid Florida is clsmf.org, clsmf.org. And we will be right back with more of What's the Score? Okay, welcome back for more of What's the Score with Rich Jekyll of Score, Lucy Polito of Score, and myself, Christopher Hart, of the American Adversaries Radio Show, and Mary Kogut Lowell of Community Legal Services of Mid-Florida. Before we get back to the discussion, I'd just like to remind you, you know, the, the state is opening up, businesses are opening up, your business may be opening up, and if that's the case, you may need to get the word out there that you are open and that you are ready for business. And the way to do that is call Bill Files. He is the station manager here at Salem Media Group Orlando. Got great radio stations here with powerful signals and a great staff that can make it so easy for you to get your message out to a mass audience, the audience that you want to hear that message. And maybe you can use your own voice if you like to, but it will certainly be your own message. Give Bill a call. His phone number is 407-618-1760, 407-618-1760. And you can do this in a multitude of ways. You can buy advertising, obviously, on and on the radio. And by the way, with Salem Surround, they can also help you with your social media presence. And you can also sponsor a show. Maybe you'd like to sponsor this show right here. And every week we would mention your business and your message would be a part of this show. Or maybe you would like to have your own show. And as I like to say, if Rich and I can do it, anybody can do it. Right, Rich? Uh, You got it, man. (laughs) He even does it from his house now. It's that easy to do, ladies and gentlemen. So please give Bill a call, 407 618 one seven six zero, and please tell him that uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hart sent you, right, Rich? All right. So back to Mary, Mary Kogut Lowell. Once again, going to be making the presentation on June the second with the lunch with a leader pre- series, and that is at Orlando.score.org. Mary, just to summarize, you you some of the topics. These are the that you're going to be discussing: Florida business entities, filing and document requirements, business agreements and intellectual property, and whether you should be a for-profit or non-profit business. What's going to come after that? That sounds like about everything right there. There's a lot there. And um, and, and, and the, the last part in terms of non-profit is, you know, I'd mentioned, um, you know, there are certain requirements for uh, non-profit we talk about, such as you've got to have a minimum three board, uh, three directors. Um, but we also talk about um, filing with the IRS, for tax exempt status, what that process looks like, and I know Score's familiar with that, and um, and and whether someone might want to qualify to file a, you know, the easy application or the long one, um, and we talk about registering with the Florida Department of Agriculture because a lot of folks from forming a, a corporation in Florida don't actually realize that they need to register with the Florida Department of Agriculture if they want to solicit donations in the state of Florida. Um, and then, you know, and, and so things like anything like that. Now, the last part of our lunch and learn program is going to be some of the some of the real interesting new issues that we've encountered due to COVID-19. And there's just a host of you know, this is new territory for all of us. Um, and so now businesses, um, you know, some businesses were able to stay open. Um, some some businesses are just opening now, so we're going to talk about some of the issues that we're seeing in opening a business. Now, in terms of preparing to start your business, I know that you know Score has some tremendous resources on that, so we're not going to cover that. We're just going to go right into some of the legal issues, some interesting legal issues that we've seen, for example. Um, you know, I was going to say, can you give us an example? Yeah, I'd say I know recently I've seen with more than one client during the COVID crisis, lease commercial lease issues. I had let's say 
I'm a business owner. I had a 10 year lease. My business was doing okay, but now the county came in, you know, the county and state required me to close to the public. My revenue has gone down. What do I do? You know, I mean, is there any way I can get out of this lease? And so there's some very interesting questions going on in, in that. And one thing I'll mention to anybody who's interested in this topic right now, if you have a commercial lease, take a look in your lease and look for something um, that's referred to as a force majeure clause. Many leases already do have them. And basically that's the idea that in some leases, there's a way to get out if there's some kind of intervening event that happens that be, that's beyond your control. Now, sometimes actually some leases do, you know, you typically you'll see reference to war strikes, what riots, act of God, I rarely have seen any with pandemics, but some leases actually do say pandemics. And I'm, that's a new topic that I'm telling, when people now are telling me, mentioning, I, wanna, I want to enter into a commercial lease, I'm saying, hey, think about what's gonna happen if business shuts down again? Does your lease allow you any leeway? Um, think about putting something in your lease about pandemics. And if you're unable to operate your business due to a pandemic. You, you might want to have some something in your lease to give you some relief, some relief there. And an interesting thing about those force mayor cl clauses, I do want to also mention, let's say that right now, you know, you, you had to, you had a drop in revenue because of COVID-19 closures. Generally, force mayor clauses will uh, excuse performance if, if, if there's an occurrence beyond the reasonable control of a party. One thing that has, one thought that has occurred to me though, that I wanna just throw out there for discussion, cause that's another thing, this is all new. You know, so many things haven't been tested in the courts yet. So we have a lot of, a lot of very new legal issues. But let's say if I were the, if I were a landlord, I've already thought of an argument against your, you, you wanting to have the force. <laughs> that, I would say, did an you- attorney, of course you thought about that. <laughs> that's a, that's okay, a thing but with let's law, say right? I'm the landlord. I'd, I'd want to say, hey, did you apply for one of those emergency loans? And if you did, then then they would not then be qualified they, for the force majeure, well, probably. Well, let's see. Or if you didn't, I would say, well, that was available to you. Right. And if you had applied for a small business loan and gotten funding to pay your employees' wages and money to pay the rent, you're not really – losing revenue because you, you know, you could have, you could have, you could have paid, you could have, you could have had this. So I'm right. just saying these are issues that are going to arise. Right. right? So this is why you need the help of people like Mary Koga <laughs> Lowell and the Community Legal Services of Mid-Florida, clsmf.org, clsmf.org. Yeah. Uh, one, one area, uh, Mary, that, that we've been hearing a lot about because it's been in the news, they've even been talking about it. Uh, at the political level, and that is liability for businesses as they open during these times. Is that a concern that's overblown or not? No, not at all. I think that it's really important for employers to, to do, you know, for business owners to be looking at both employee safety and the safety of the public. Because, um, you know, the, you know I, I would anticipate we're going to see some lawsuits you know, that's going, that are going to allege uh, based on some um, negligence, if you don't do what you reasonably could do to protect your employees and your, um, and your customers. So we've been looking at guidance from several agencies now, and I'm going to throw out a few that I think are really good things to look at. The centers, the Center for D Disease Control and Prevention has, um, they have issued a publish it, a, a, a guidance on their website. It's guidance for businesses and employers responding to COVID-19. They've got some really good things in there for businesses to consider. Secondly, OSHA, OSHA has issued a pamphlet, uh, and it is um, guidance for employers, and it has a host of different things that employers can consider. And see, it, and so what, what I like looking at at these different agencies is they're coming at it from different angles. CDC is their perspective. They're all about disease control and prevention. OSHA is all about employer and, and workplace safety. And then the EEOC, the, you know, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, they've issued some guidance for employers too. And when you read their guidance, they're coming at it from different angles. Because of course, EEOC 
is the agency that administers and enforces discrimination provisions, especially that in, that would include discrimination based on disability. So there are some issues that have come up, uh, you know, raising disability issues under the EEOC. So these are all things that I would I would encourage um, employers to look at. And, and a lot of it comes down, though, to basic common sense and safety. And I think that the best thing employers can do is, and in fact, I think that, um, you know, OSHA recommends this, all the agencies recommend this. If you're planning to reopen, have a plan, you know, really be looking at workplace safety and, and you know, the safety of your employees and the safety of your customers. And, you know, unfortunately, you know how this world is, nobody can ever guarantee you're not going to, you know, you're not going to have some sort of liability. Sure. Sure. But I think the best thing for employers to do is to do their, you know, just to make their best effort to figure out what can I do? Is there social distancing? I mean, are, are, you know, are you making sure if, if customers are coming in your office, do you have a way for them to be six feet apart? You know, is there, are there hand cleaning, you know, you know all just, those things. We're just about out of time, but just let me ask you real quickly uh, on this topic. It would if, for instance, the CDC continues to come out with various guidelines, they're going to get ready to come out, with, according to the president, with guidelines for churches. If you follow their guidelines to a T or exceed them, would not that protect you? I think it would, it would raise a defense. Now, what's very interesting is that these guidelines are just that. They are guidelines. None of these agencies have come out and said, here's what you need to do. So, but I do think that that, uh, I agree, that is a fantastic defense, in my opinion. If you've gone through and read those guidelines and, and you said, look, I, I had the guidelines, I've done, I've met or exceeded the guidelines, I think, I think you have a pretty good argument that you took reasonable precautions to keep your employees and customers safe from COVID-19. So I think that is an excellent business practice. Okay. And as you hear, Mary Kogut Lowell is an excellent attorney, very thorough, and she's going to be making the lunch with a leader presentation on June the 2nd. You can sign up at orlando.score.org. And traditionally, when they were the lunch series was held at the National Entrepreneur Center, where, of course, SCORE is still located, and they'll be opening the offices eventually, there would be a charge because you would be provided with lunch. But now it is BYOM. L, right? I got to make sure I got that right with you, Rich. B-Y-O-L. Right. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and I was saying, and it's optional to bring your own B, too. Okay, anyway, bring your own lunch for the <laughs> Lunch with a Leader presentation. It will be a Zoom presentation. You go to orlando.score.org to sign up. Mary Kogut Loyal will be the presenter, and if you would like to pursue her services, and she told you a while ago, gave you the criteria, you may qualify for free legal services from the Community Legal Services of Mid-Florida, and that would be Mary and her colleagues. You can go to clsmf.org, clsmf.org, to sign up and check all that out. And once again, be a part of that Lunch with a Leader presentation with Mary Zoom presentation on June the 2nd. Mary, it's been fascinating talking with you and very educational, and I'm sure the people who attend this Zoom presentation will feel the same way. Well, yeah. thank you very much. Very interesting. Okay. Don't forget to like us. That's right. Like us on Facebooks or Score Orlando on Facebook. Almost forgot that, Rich, and we're out of time. Until yeah, next week. Did, That's it for What's the Score. You. I mean, I was listening to you. <laughs> okay. That's it. Thank you very much, Mary, Lucy, Rich. 